to Potadelphia. My name is Dave Diorio. You can find me on Twitter at fat underscore lobster. And I'm joined by two guys who shake like a bowl full of jelly. What's up, Chuck and Gene? <laughs> hey, Dave. Hey, Gene. <laughs> um, I get where you're coming from. I do appreciate the holiday cheer. Could do without the fat shaming. Um, this is Chuck Siders. You can find me on Twitter at Chuck Siders. You can find the show at Potadelphia. Uh, and this is Gene Zilek. You can find me on Twitter at Producer Gene. And uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, we'll just be honest. I, I do I do jiggle. It's it's you know I'm working <laughs> on that. It's my New Year's resolution. I'm I'm already on already on Noom. If you want to sponsor us, um, nice. but uh, sure, yeah. And also, you can find the show at Potadelphia. That's on Twitter. Oh, I was I was uh, I was waiting for you to throw up the sash and uh, and drop uh, drop the the show's uh, Twitter handle there. Now I gotta I gotta jump in real quick. You started your diet, or not a diet, your Noom, um, the week of Christmas during a pandemic. No, it's genius because it makes it not a New Year's resolution, right? Yeah, Gene? Well, and also um, I ain't got shit going on, so <laughs> and nobody's making Christmas cookies this year. And if they do, I'm not eating them because I don't know if they've got a test or not. So yeah. you know, <laughs> I still have like full control over my diet. So oh, that's true. See, I'm doing a a, a very um, lonesome cocktail party. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're champagne and a whole bunch of cocktail weenies and you and you're right, the, uh, you're the baker on the show so you're probably doing your own baking so again for the 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 back-to-back episodes we have to put the upfront disclaimer that there will be santa truth bombs included in this show so if you're listening with small children I don't know why you listen to this show with small children <laughs> they would be but, bored out of their minds but there will be some santa truth bombs so my first question, with that being said, if you are, if your child is a uh, is an Eagles enthusiast and you planned on getting them uh, an Eagles jersey for Christmas, and you were, you know, ahead, you're doing your Christmas shopping early, and you went with a Wentz jersey, what are you to do at this point? Ooh. I think it depends I'm on how set age old, of child at twelve. I was gonna say it's gonna depend on how old your kid is because you know I'll tell you my 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 younger nephews they would just be happy that it was green. Right, um, exactly. But, but I'm you, gonna venture a guess they're under ten. Oh yes, well under ten. Um, yeah. So the the idea of a twelve year old I'm sort of putting myself into the twelve year old mindset, which isn't all that hard to do. It's sort of where I exist, sort of like my sweet spot emotionally. Um, so I would I would think uh, if I was to get that, it would be I don't know if you've seen the meme where the kid gets an avocado. <laughs> it would be sort of like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. so 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 there's a there's a, a meme where the, this kid, for those of you who are that are uninformed, where his parents it's like a TikTok or something, yeah, right? TikTok or whatever. Um, I, I see the still picture often. Um, but, you know, the, the parents get the kid and they wrap up all of these like very basic items that you would buy in your house. <laughs> and and the, the real the real, I think, thing that cinches it is they wrap up an avocado and the kid takes it out and he goes, an avocado. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so I think that if I was 12 and, and that was sort of the gift that I would get, oh, a Carson Wentz jersey. Thanks. It's like, um, the, the, but that joke is kind of like the Jimmy Kimmel equivalent of. Uh, you know, I ate all your Halloween candy right. and then watching the kids have an absolute meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's good. Yeah. 
cruelty so see, on w- network television is what it is. I wouldn't play with that kind of fire. Just like it feels like you're, you know, you're challenging the Christmas gods, which I guess would be Jesus Christ. Um, I was going to say it. But you're sort of the Christmas God. It's right in the name. Yeah, like, while we're on the topic of food, have you guys uh, seen deliciousness? Is that like is that like ridiculousness only with food? It is exactly like ridiculousness <laughs> only with food, and is hosted by Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Well, really? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so I'll answer Dave's football question in just a moment. But <laughs> if you can't tell, we all have drinks in hand. <laughs> this is basically the Potadelphia holiday party, and you're all invited. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it should be three hours long and should get real interesting in yeah. an hour. But um, I don't know. Do you have the receipt for the jersey? Like, do you have player assurance from Fanatic? Like, can... If I had time, I would not be giving a Wentz jersey to a 12-year-old unless the kid was diehard Team Wentz. I'm going to show my colors. Um, If not, I'd be like, yeah, let's see. Let's see. Um, Can we get a Kelsey jersey? You know, (laughs) can we get a a Randall Cunningham throwback? I I think I I would tell the kid that, like, for Christmas I shipped his his present to to a needy child in South Dakota. I think that's what I would probably tell. Him. Oh yeah, that's fair. So, but if you were if you were a savvy Eagles fan parent, you had your ear to the ground. You avoided the quarterback position altogether, and you went probably Miles Sanders. I mean, I don't really even know who, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham, Pro Bowl Brandon Graham, first time Pro Bowler. Yeah, yeah, he's having yeah, a. Him. And I feel like that's yeah. you can't really miss on him because even if he if he has a terrible year for the next three, you can be like, well, I've got the guy who did the caused the strip sack and the fumble, yeah. you know, in the Super Bowl. Like that's always going to be, yeah, that's always going to be important. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, Eagles Cardinals. Eagles fall to the Cardinals in a wildly entertaining game. Yeah, it was. It actually I, was really entertaining. I had fun. This was the like, second most fun football game I watched this year for the Eagles, you know, f- after last week. So one thing in common, uh, you know, in both games, no Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I don't know wh- like what your spidey senses are telling you, um, but they're telling me that like Wentz is the, like with this team, he's done. He's. The, I don't think the players are into Wentz. I think all the players are into to Hurts, and uh, I just I can't see it. Like he's not going to start for the rest of the year, obviously. <clears throat> what yeah, are your I, thoughts? I think unless the wheels fall off and Hurts just looks miserable the rest of the way out, you're you're going to have at the very least a quarterback controversy going into next season, and I kind of think. Eagles are going to be listening to any and all offers for Wentz. You know, there was something, you know, came out. Was it Adam Schefter who said Mm -hmm. um, Wentz, you know, is, you know, throwing a fit? Not really, but, you know, (laughs) being whiny in the locker room and, and is not satisfied being the number two player and yada, yada, yada. This is not the first time we've heard something about Wentz in the locker room. Uh, it's not the first time that we've heard a locker room divided over Wentz people and Foles people. And even when Foles was gone, um, 
you know, Wentz didn't have control of that locker room. And now you got a young guy, a fun guy, a guy who is comfortable in the pocket and making decisions and the whole team improved, whole damn team improved. You know, when we get a new guy under center and it's not looking good. It's I, I think if, Hertz has another game like he did the first two and doesn't even need to be this week. If he has one more of those games this season, you, it's bye-bye Wentz. Like, I mean, God, is, there any chance, is there any chance we all owe Alshon Jeffrey and Josina Anderson a huge apology? Uh, I don't like, know. Were about, they right all along? I don't know about all that. I mean, I certainly think that there is something to be said that you should keep your laundry in-house. Uh, I, I really – think that uh it would have been better if Alshon had stuck more to not letting that sort of thing go public it's one of those things where it's you know uh, even a small drop of poison is still a drop of poison like eventually it's going to kill you um and you know and especially considering Alshon Jeffrey is is not he I don't think that he's completely lived up to what his contract says that he should have done. He's 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 been oft injured and sometimes disappears for whole games at a time. So, you know, you're not really somebody that needs to be throwing stones, especially when, you know, we may have revisited the NFC championship had he, com- you know, completed a, a reception. So those that's my take on sort of Alshon. But I will I will say this about Wentz. Um, I, I think that it's there is a certain part of me, I guess maybe this is playing devil's advocate to a certain degree. I really absolutely would not want a guy who had any potential to be the starting quarterback of this team coming out and being like, I'm totally content being the backup. This is such a great job. Um, I really love that Jalen is starting and um, that I don't have to go through all of that stress. Um, so I'm going to pick up my clipboard and um, and I'm totally g- good, you know. Really, what I'm upset about is that I took Nate Sudfeld's job. That's really what breaks me up. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's not the guy I want to hear. Like, I, you know, that report sort of says to me that, like, yeah, at least Wentz still does give a shit. Um, and maybe that's what he said. Maybe that got leaked out through his agents. Maybe that's something that they want the public to perceive. But from what I've se- seen on the on the sideline and the way he interacts with with Hertz on the sideline and with his teammates, it doesn't seem like this is a guy who's being ignored. It doesn't seem like he's a guy who can at least still have a conversation with his teammates. Uh, is the situation bad? Yeah. But is it his fault? No. The, this fault goes all the way back to the front office. There is no reason why if you have paid Carson Wentz the amount of money that you have paid him that you should be bringing in a guy this early, whether it's an insurance policy or not. You should not be bringing in a second round guy to to basically sit in his shadow and 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 with the kind of talent that Hurts has, you know, to to take his job. But Really? Well, I mean in the second round, when you have a team that has that many glaring weaknesses that you're going to draft a – Well, a, if you didn't, what would you be watching right now? We'd, we'd be watching dog shit. But there's no way that they knew when they made when they drafted him that they were going to need to have a, a, a change you, at quarterback. But that's the question, though. Like, I, I don't know that they didn't know that. I, and that's the mis- – and that's why I'm like, please write an es- like an expose about this whole event yeah. because I need to know what really was – like, what was the accidents and what was on purpose – and I don't know, in my mind, I keep going back to like the Joe Santa Liquido article from 
a year ago about, you know, bad locker room guy, doesn't take accountability, he's, a, he's selfish, he's a jerk, you know, like all that stuff. And I, you know, I don't know. Like, I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, do I owe all these people a huge apology? Yeah. And, and I, I'm more inclined to agree with Dave, uh, Gene, because I don't, I don't know. I do want to find out what the, the background was. I do want to find out if it was like, hey, everybody hates Wentz. That might have been bullet point B. But bullet point A was he had only completed two full seasons. And one of them was last year where he went out in the playoffs with injury. You know, if you can't count on the guy to stay healthy and you see an opportunity to bring in a safety net, then maybe you take it. And even just with his injury history, you might go, this is too good of an opportunity to pass up. You know, how many times have we seen, you know, uh, the Patriots have a backup to Tom Brady and it's like, oh, is this the guy? And then they ship him off to wherever and get a few draft picks preach. back. That could preach, Chuck, preach. Because <laughs> Thank you. His rookie season was delayed because of injury. Year two, he left due to injury. Year three, he left due to injury. Year four, he left a playoff game due to injury. And year five, he was benched. Yeah, it's it's not like it's not like oh the first mistake once made they pulled him. He made tons. He was he didn't he didn't have his job taken from him. He was giving it away. But you know? I would have died on a cross defending that Wentz is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. Am I an idiot? Uh, Dax is a little weird just because that injury he went down with in week one, was it? And we all just felt really bad for him as a human being. <laughs> like, So I can't judge him accurately. Well, but- and, and the strange thing is we don't know if Dak would have, have continued to be sort of uh, show some sort of progress in this season since, since he, he left with sort of a devastating injury. And uh, Wentz clearly – regressed even you know if we were expecting him to have a middle of the road season this this was uh tantamount to disaster so you know it's one of those things where do, do you believe that that there is an average here somewhere that he's not as good as 2017 but he's not as bad as this season is that something that you're willing to work with or is he completely unsalvageable and we should be on the phone with Frank Reich being like here take your boy back we don't we don't, we can't do anything with him yeah, it, and I think I th- I think it's more the latter, and maybe I am being reactionary, but I just have no faith. I have no faith. I don't think he's as bad as he looks right now. I just I don't see anything in his past that says he is this bad a quarterback. But his resume tells me I, I can't count on him to finish the season. You know, his resume tells me that, hey, you better have a backup quarterback. And this isn't the whole conversation of, oh, is it a two-quarterback league? That comes up all the time. I don't think it is. You know, it's a backup quarterback that can play a game or two is needed, but not to finish your season every year. But it's a little off topic, but Dave talking about Dak makes me think of another Dallas quarterback one that we are a lot fonder of now than we used to be, of Tony Romo. Yeah. And we hear about this this locker room divided and things getting out of the locker room. Was shit getting out of Dallas' locker room? 
you know, they had his back and he was adequate. Cause I think of T.O. up there crying of that's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Yeah. He wasn't talking about Donovan. Yeah, no, he wasn't. That's a really good example, Gene. Cause Donovan, Oh man, Donovan McNabb. We owe you an apology. I owe Donovan an apology. I will never stop apologizing to Donovan. But maybe that shows people liked playing for Romo. People didn't necessarily like playing for Donovan. And it certainly seems like they don't like playing for Wentz either. So that's that, that adds up to a lot, man. And Hertz is showing you something. People are enjoying it and might as well take the chance. What do you got to lose? What do you got to lose? I mean, I mean yeah, it was what, what did that what was the stat? It was three <clears throat> three passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown first time since like Michael Vick in that first uh Chip Kelly game that a quarterback was uh, you know, an Eagles quarterback accounted for four touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, crazy. He had a Is great that- he had a great stat line. He you know, even in a loss, you saw from him um you know, maybe one of the first times you can say in an Eagles loss right now like it's got to be. It's got to be the first time for three passing and one rushing because Nick Foles threw for seven touchdowns and against the Raiders. So right, but yeah, yeah but that and that, I I think it also. But I, I guess more to my point is, you couldn't put that loss on Hertz, and honestly, he he literally did everything you you asked. Well, Dallas him Goddard's got to come down with that. Dallas Goddard didn't even make an effort. It's insane how that play sort of sort of came out but i mean he he put them in a position to win and 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 you know i i'll take a loss like that pretty much any any time that's that's the sort of you know i would call that an acceptable loss to a certain degree um i am certainly not ashamed of the way that the football Uh, yeah you're it's a road game you're an underdog it's not like right they're not some dog shit team that's got nothing to play for that's a team that's also wants to be in the playoffs so you know as far as i'm concerned you you don't evaluate Hertz's uh position and and his his stock based on oh well if he had, if he you know he did all he put up these numbers but he didn't win so we'll go back to Carson because that's what we need because obviously right now it is not my priority as an Eagles fan to be like let's sneak into the playoffs here like do I want no, them no, to no. win it's every probably for the best that yeah. we lost that game. do I want them to win every game that they can yes do I root against them no but you know we've got Dallas and we've got Washington both of those are winnable games. Uh, I would like to and see And yeah, them real win those talk games. though, real talk, if Darius Slay played in that game, it could have made a huge difference. It absolutely could have. It absolutely could have. Yeah, I mean, or if we, had we, a we, we had guys who were literally, you know, I keep using that word literally. Punter. Um, yeah, punter. if we had a punter. Well, if we had a punter, also, if we had a kicker. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Elliot, we were in cold sweat. Anytime Elliot has to touch the ball, even when he's doing his job. Did a good job punting, though. The, yeah. uh, the fact that our secondary was guys that came off of the practice squad, you know, who were, you know, at Thanksgiving were working in convenience stores and, and tire centers, you know, the, right. the, exactly. that are now facing DeAndre Hopkins. And Jalen Mills. Right, right. So, you know, the fact that it was not a blowout is pretty damn impressive, you know. It's it's insane sort of a way this season has played out. I, I take a lot of positives away from the way this situation has sort of played out. It's unfortunate that we may struggle to take advantage of the fact that you would have a 
a starting quarterback on a rookie contract next year if you can't move Wentz on. Um, you, you have to sort of look at those opportunities when you get them that you can sort of bring in a lot of talent around around him and and make a run at it. That's sort of how 2017 worked out was that you were able to pay other guys that because you weren't paying a quarterback $30 million a year. Um, so if that's the decision, I would really hope that rather than sort of let's see here, let's have them play it out, let's have them fight it out. If you think it's close, you should probably go with the guy who you is on the rookie contract. If you think that he can give you – equal or better play, I think that you have to to make him the starter and treat him like the starter, and you've got to move on from the, this horrible contract now, and hopefully somebody's willing to, to to give you an asset in return, and you don't have to cost well, yourself more. What do you think this is going to wind up being? 50 cents on the dollar? 25 cents on the dollar? I feel like if you can get 50 cents on the dollar, you, you've, you're, in, you're in good shape in this particular situation. You're going to have to eat it to a certain if degree. If someone's like, I right, will give you a third round pick and absorb the contract yeah sign me you up you kind of got to yeah. just do it right yeah sign me yeah. up yeah and i mean it's going to be a place like indianapolis it's going to be a place where it's a, a team that's pseudo close to contention that's got a quarterback that's on its way out the door so they're not going to have a high draft pick to sort of bring in a franchise guy next year that like that's that's the situation and here's can, – can, can I just go on a soapbox for a second here? Do not go on Twitter and say shit like, yo, if if Carson goes to Jacksonville or whatever and lights it up, you know, just remember you all asked for this. Yeah. Like, no, you don't – like, first of all, you in order to say that, you need to be firmly in the – I want to keep Carson Wentz camp. Right. Like unequivocally, like there's no fence straddling here. You have to be the Carson guy. And you also have to give me evidence as to why that is your position right now. Because, because I don't I don't think, I think the if coach you're is objectively looking at this season and you're and you're still saying, yeah, I think Carson's the long-term solution. I really want to hear your reason, your rationale, why. But you don't just get to like throw shit like that out there, and then after the fact, be like, I told you so. I think Carson will do better somewhere else. I, I honestly, I do. It's just not a good fit here with all of the things that have happened, the way they've unfolded. It's just not a good fit here. So right. it might benefit everybody if he moves along, which is great because, like, I'm not, like, I hate Carson. I'm not an I hate Carson guy. So, you know, if he goes, you know, to a, a, a team of relative obscurity and has moderate success, I'd be very happy for him. I mean, you could look at a guy like Matt Stafford. He He's had a lot of success statistically. But, you know, would you say that Detroit has – lit it up you know you can have well, i would love if matt stafford was our quarterback i would like that too i think matt stafford is underrated um but you know there are situations where you know quarterbacks play well in bad organizations and bad franchises um you know i feel like philip rivers is another one of those guys that had a long carson wentz just plays bad in a good franchise right <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite and, and if he did go to somewhere like Indianapolis, my God, isn't that the fucking football equi uh, equivalent of like St. Louis's baseball heaven? Yeah. You know, Wentz would go to Indianapolis, Indianapolis, 
and you know get to Mike Pence country, and it's like oh you know they they don't they boo you here yeah they don't boo you here you know they'll they'll pray for you if you're struggling you know not like Philadelphia yeah, they oh god it would be it would be a freaking nightmare of <laughs> passive aggressive you know praising the 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 unequivocal unequivocal we are we are messing up all of our words so it really isn't fun <laughs> oh no did i mess up words we all have um, <laughs> the the uh unbiased love um you know coming from a, a midwestern city like indianapolis so i fully expect him to go somewhere and be good ish I don't sure. think he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and I then, think he can. I think he can pilot a ship, but and then we'll we'll open up a whole wing dedicated to him and Scott Rowland in the Philadelphia Hall of Fame of people that that are <laughs> hey, uh, that are miserable. The, uh, <laughs> hey man, about the uh, the broadcast, man. Uh, what did you think of uh, Akib Talib, man? I thought it was pretty good, man. <laughs> he 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 needs some polish. Uh, I dug his analysis, man. He he could use some. Uh, he needs somebody to sort of like keep track of his ver- uh, verbal crutches. But I gotta be honest, like it was one of the more entertaining games that I've listened to. Uh, at least I there was. It. At least there was something. Yeah, at least there was something that made it sort of different when you have the D squad. Um, I'm so sick of like the the two white guy chuckling sort of analysis. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see more guys, especially. It was an interesting take to have somebody that was uh, played in a secondary. It really sort of enhanced the 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 conversation around pass interference and, and coverage and stuff. So those are things that I don't think get talked about enough. And that's why I think you could, if you can find players that can sort of add, or former players that can sort of add that sort of insight from their position, um, specifically that they played, I think it's great. Um and, and, you know, not in the Dion Sanders way. I always felt like Dion sort of gave you a whole nother, you know, Dion wasn't really about analysis. Dion was always about ego and bluster. You know, that's why he was never like the color guy. That's why he was always, you right. know, the, the desk guy back, you know, the highlight guy. Um, So, yeah, I, I always appreciate former players on it, um, on the broadcast. And uh, I hope that. I hope he has some success. I hope he does well. It was what his second game. Jeez, you know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know if he had been doing games all season and we just finally caught him. I think this was his um, second game. Yeah, but I, I like. I thought his insight was good. It was a little like when I when the game started, I was fixing a toilet, um, <laughs> so I was listening. To a, <laughs> might as well be, um, but I was listening to from the other, and I was like, "Who is on this broadcast?" Like, gosh, is every other word is man. Yeah, but he definitely like dropped that at some point, uh-huh. and I just like I enjoyed the real talk. You know, I thought yeah. it was good. Yeah, he definitely settled in, and um, yeah, it's it was nice to have something different, and and like you said, it took a little bit of adjusting to, but once you sort of settled in and and sort of could pick up on all of the different insight that he was able to offer, I think it it really did make the broadcast and not a cowboy which is always good too that's always a, i don't and never a cowboy as far as i know no i mean you have a 50 50 shot with these announcers i know so. all right so who we got this week we got cowboys this week jalen's jalen hurts first game against the against the rivals this is sort of the game where you could start to, 
to sort of like start to build your mythos. You know, if he comes in there and puts up another four touchdown game against Dallas, um, you know, and hey, it's our chance to beat Dallas twice in a season, which, as far as I'm concerned, makes this a <laughs> successful season. Because it's we Dallas play? week. <laughs> when do we play? Uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? I think it's Sunday. Okay. I I did not realize it was Dallas week. I don't know what day of the week it is. Like, it's the pandemic has robbed me of all sense of time. But I love the fact that you know, with Christmas being on a Friday, we are getting a three day weekend of football. Um, now we probably would rather be watching basketball, but I am excited for. For Hertz against we don't have Christmas Day football, do we? I think we do. I thought I, yeah, I do. think there I think there is a game on Christmas Day, but no Monday night game. No Monday night game. No, not this week. Okay. Yeah, uh, and it's I'm we're, watching hoops all Christmas. We're, we're and, the and Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah, we're 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 the four twenty five. Um, I guess America's game on Sunday. Oh, we got America's team. We're America's game. Yeah. It's Christmas in America. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's 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 what you have to look forward to. Uh, so hopefully you've gotten all of your gift giving and and presents out from under the tree, and you've settled back into your your bubble uh, for for Eagles Cowboys. I'm gonna write a Christmas song this year, Christmas in America. Do it, do it up. What I'm instrumentation is it gonna be? Is it gonna be kazoo or ukulele? What? I'm sorry, what's that, Gene? <laughs> I was wondering what instrument you were gonna use. You know, or is it gonna be acapella? The, spoon. <laughs> the spoons. Spoons. Spoon man. <laughs> Spoons. I feel the rhythm in my hand. No, nothing, nothing <laughs> says Americana like taking stuff out of your mom's kitchen and smacking it against your thighs. Got a, a washboard and spoons. That's, yeah. Uh, but when you play Christmas in America, if you want to do it the traditional style of 2020, you have to use the spoons and the uh, and the washboard. Yeah, because that's how Maybe. we do laundry in 2020. <laughs> Maybe a brown jug. And in honor of Spoonman, you do have to try your best to sing it like Chris Cornell. Yeah. Oh my god. I, Chris Cornell or Emmett Otter, whichever you're more comfortable with. <laughs> Wait, or who? Emmett Otter. Emmett Otter. Are you not oh. familiar with Emmett Otter and his jug band? <laughs> For all of our fellow children of the '80s, uh, you know that movie is horribly sad. That movie is horribly sad, by the way. Oh my god! Uh, sorry if I blew out anybody's ears on that high pitched <laughs> cackle. Gene has com- caught me completely, completely off guard. Well, 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 right, right. Before we move to the next topic, I'm yeah. jumping off here. Muppet based Christmas films. You have three choices. You have uh, Emmett Otter's uh, Jug Band. You have um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Or you have the Muppet Family Christmas that featured the Muppets, the Fraggles, and Sesame Street all going to Fozzie's mom's house. Um, that one isn't around so much anymore. But you know, rank them or just pick your top one. I mean, it's Muppet Christmas Carol for me. Uh, I think no, I've I, I think I've certainly illustrated that I'm clearly in the Emmett Otter camp. Okay. And I'm Muppet Family Christmas. Hey, so this is what we call diversity well. on Potadelphia. You just you got all the all the flavors, yeah. all the flavors, all the flavors of uh, Muppet. Well, I can I can still see the rails, um, so <laughs> I'm just gonna try to like pull us a little closer. So uh, NBA tip off uh, this evening. We're recording on Tuesday night. Yeah. Um, 
Kevin Durant looks like he's off fine. Tomorrow against the uh, Wizards. Yeah, the Washington Wizards. Yeah, the the uh, the Westbrook led Wizards. Um, like what what? I'm really excited about the season, but I feel like I say that every season, so it almost like loses its meaning. But like this time, I'm really excited about the season. Right. Uh, I just we I mean we were sold a bill of goods last season, and I think we really wanted to buy into it and. It just didn't work. Like the the all seven foot team just isn't going <laughs> to compete in the in the modern NBA era here. Um, so I'm really just looking forward. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched any of the preseason, the either mm-hmm. of the preseason games. Sure, um, but just a more conventional style game where people are playing actual positions, and I'm almost thinking like. It's it's almost like going from Brett Brown to Doc Rivers is kind of going going from um, what's his face to Joe Girardi. <laughs> <laughs> is he is he now uh, he who shall not be named for the show? No, it's not that. It's just you know, I we forgot his name. We don't want to talk about him. Um, no, I, I'll <laughs> tell you, the, forgot the name of the man who probably occupies yeah, game the, uh, Potadel- it, it. the Potadelphia penalty box more than any other person know, in history. Um, <laughs> I'll say this. One of the things that has excited me is, uh, you know, under Brett Brown's reign, you never really saw the old pick and roll. And you, you were seeing a lot of pick and roll here in the preseason. And the other thing that really sort of surprises me is how who, who did you see running that gene uh i saw shake running uh, running it a bit with yeah with Dwight shake looks really good shake looks like a guy teams. that can be a really solid uh six man um and you know yeah honestly I, I didn't know totally how to feel about dwight howard but it seems like he's sort of gelling with the team as far as being like a veteran guy who's got championship pedigree um he's he's hopefully going to be a, a better mentor for for <clears throat> joel and bead and um, it seems like he's enjoying being on the team and having fun. I know that a lot of times people sort of say that he can be a problematic figure in a locker room. Everything I'm hearing is that he's a delight and that people are really digging that he's on this team. He looks good he, on, on the court. He's 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 contributing in big ways. Um, I think he had like a 15 point game in the second in the second um, preseason yeah. game. You know, that could translate to a guy that's going to give you like eight and eight and eight every night, you know, which I'll take, you know, from a, from a guy that's going to give you maybe 10, 12 minutes. Um, yeah, no, I think that there's a lot to be positive about. And I think that you're going to see guys like Steph, uh, uh, Seth Curry. Uh, if we had yeah. Steph Curry, that'd be great. Uh, but like Seth Curry and stuff like that, you're going to see, you're going to see them start to, to, to get their shot together and, and heat up. I think it's harder in two preseason games to get a gauge for, some of the new faces if, if they're going to, you know, be productive, but you know, these are guys that are NBA professionals. They're not, they're not sort of flyers. And then the other, the other thing that I think has been uh, really positive has been, been the rookie Tyrese Maxey, who a lot of people are saying might be the steal of the draft as um, you know, it looks like he's the guy that we wanted Markel Fultz to be. Well, yeah, uh, that would be great. I, I, I don't know how much, I don't know how much we're going to get out of him. I mean, uh, 
Like, what do you think, Gene? Like eight minutes, a, eight minutes a game? or Yeah. It, it, the things that I like about him is he certainly has a lot of energy and aggression on defense. And yeah. he can create his own shot. He can make his own offense. He's a guy that if you get him, uh, you know, if you kind of clear him some space, he's going to he's going to be able to blow by people and and can finish around the rim, which I think is really what you what you need from a guy that's that's going to be sort of maybe a work in progress with his shot. So if you get eight minutes out of him and you can get four to six points a game and maybe a maybe a couple assists or maybe a, a steal and a rebound I feel like that's really good production from a guy that was 21 out of the draft yeah I mean you're never gonna you're never gonna hear a complaint from me about a guy drafting you know drafting a player from Kentucky right right yeah I think he he was he's sort of looks cer- certainly ready for the NBA he didn't have a summer league to sort of get himself up to game speed. So the fact that he's even coming in in a preseason game and being able to contribute, I think is a huge, uh, a huge bonus. Uh, we don't necessarily need him to come in and have a major, major impact. We sort of have a, a rotation that's in good shape. Uh, so anything you can get out of him that's positive, that sort of works towards, towards him being better um, is great. I, the one person who I think is struggling here in Doc's new system is, is Matisse Seibel. So I hope that um, I hope to see him sort of settle in and find his groove with with the rest of the team. Uh, he hasn't looked particularly um, particularly good, but also it's one of those things that he's a defensive guy, and and he, you know hopefully he's he's going to make his make his own uh, make his yeah. own opportunities. Now uh, it's an abbreviated season; it's a seventy two game uh, schedule this year. So the the over under for wins for the Sixers this season is uh, forty five and a half. Okay. Um, just for you know, comps in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are are also at forty uh, or at forty nine and a half, but also at forty five and a half are the Celtics and the Nets. And I will say, the Nets. Uh, I stopped watching it in the third quarter to come yeah. record this, but the Nets looked really good uh, he, and, tonight and the, so far. I think the big question around the Nets is: Are they going to be able to stay mentally together? Are they going to be able to stay in the? Yeah, game? that's exactly they it. Have it's like pers- when will Kyrie? Right, they have personalities on that team can sort of they can sort of like sink uh, a team. Certainly, sink the chemistry. I like the way the Sixers are built in that way better than the Nets, honestly. I'm surprised the Celtics are so high at, at 45 and a half with the Kemba injury. And, yeah. you know, I guess he's kind of projected to come back in January, but talk out of his camp is kind of like, I am in absolutely no rush whatsoever to get back. And I will be 100% when I come back. So right. who knows when you're going to get Kemba and like, will they be able to dig out of whatever hole they're in by that point? So I don't know. Interesting, interesting you know year I, I i'm kind of i've always been pretty bullish on the sixers um i just don't know at 45 and a half i think it's probably about right i might take mm-hmm. the under thinking they're going to come in at like 45 actually yeah i i, I would um, like to see i would them- definitely take the under on those mm-hmm. celtics though i don't i don't see them and and i i what i the, one of the other things i want to see is i want to see them sort of break out of this we can't play on the road mold um and I'm wondering if, you know, when you're playing in front of empty arenas, if that's going to sort of sort of help, um, you know, it, it'll well, be interesting. You know, we've talked about this before. It, d- it didn't work in Orlando. Right. And I don't know if it's the lack of I think it was more of a lack of chemistry than a lack of crowd. But, yeah. you know, Embiid feeds off of those crowds, whether it's positive or negative. Yeah. 
Um, you know, he's always up for those primetime games, those nationally televised games. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And, and you know, who who knows? I mean, are fans are fans done for the year? I haven't heard any meaningful conversations about returning, especially in the arena sports, to to getting people in the buildings. Um, yeah. I know that baseball really would like to have fans back for we their gotta season. You got to go to a baseball game this year. We yeah. got to. I yeah, can't live so. another year without going to a baseball so I, I, game. I, I just I, can't. I am more optimistic I'll kill myself. that we will <laughs> – well, I hope not. But <laughs> it is the Phillies. It's not that great. Um, so. No, it's just be, It's like my lifeblood, man. Like I got to go to a ballpark, you know. It's just – it's like denying me sunlight. Dave is giving us the Phoebe Cates, you know, Gremlins speech. You know, it's Christmas. While some people are opening presents, Dave is threatening to open his wrists if not for getting back to baseball. That's just like a, it is a strangely dark line in that movie. It's kind of <laughs> the whole monologue is fucking ridiculous. If you have if you have not gone back to it, please do, please do. It's it's. The highlight of a very good movie, the ridiculousness of that speech. I was like, did we just watch like a public service announcement for yeah. like a 30 seconds <laughs> yeah. there? And, well, the yeah. story is in the middle of father decided to be Santa Claus, climb down the chimney. Now we are all adults. Two of us have kids. Can you imagine going, you know, it'd be really cool. I'm going to be Santa Claus and climb down my chimney. That's, you would have to be like uh, institutional to, to think you also don't really understand how a chimney works if you think you're going to climb down it right yeah well but i mean from the top you should get a pretty good look <laughs> <laughs> this is like a darwin award yeah. this would be like this would be if somebody in like you know all earnestness told you the story of their darwin award-winning father's death and you have to go like oh man wow that <laughs> what For those of you that do not have a wood-burning fireplace it is not like a, a vertical hole that goes from this the roof to the fireplace it's yeah just, no, that, that wouldn't work there's a flue there's like it, it angle it's you cannot climb down it there's an aluminum liner I mean, you need to be a magical creature to be able to go down a, a, a chimney, like uh, much like Santa Claus. Yes. Sorry, that was my contribution for the basketball talk. Yeah, no. We appreciate Listen, Chuck, it. Chuck, if, if you ever have an instinct to bring up Phoebe Cates, do not hesitate. Yeah. I'm here for Phoebe Cates' yeah. talk. We'll, we'll save the Fast Times reference to, to it gets closer to summer, I guess. Mm. Fair enough. I don't even know where we left off. So let's go to penalty box. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. And um, uh, we'll go to Gene. We'll go to Gene. Dave gets a little bit of a, a rest since uh, he salvaged whatever dignity this show had. Uh, Gene, who is in your penalty box this evening? So I, I think I'm going to put NBA dissatisfied NBA uh, superstars into the, the penalty box. And uh, this goes sort of towards what we were talking about with with Kyrie, um, but really what I'm talking about specifically in this instance is uh, James Harden. And it's 
been oft talked about on this podcast and other places about how he would like to get out of Houston and either be traded to the Brooklyn Nets or the Philadelphia 76ers or, uh, you know, a, a contender. And we've we've heard back and forth about how, you know, if, if the Sixers will just add Ben Simmons into this deal, it could be done. Just, you know, the Houston would really just probably do that straight up. Um, but here's my problem is if you've if you've watched any of this coverage, basically since camp sort of begun, James Harden is out of shape. Um, he has become sort of a petulant. Um, and destructive force for his team. Yes, Houston is probably not going to contend, but honestly, any team that has him is not so far away that a couple of moves couldn't put you back into contention, especially how fast sort of the NBA can find itself transforming over time when you have a player of his talent, and he's only he's going to be a free agent in two years. My bigger beef with him is now he's even turned on his own teammates. Uh, this does not to me, give me a happy, warm feeling about the idea of him coming into what has already been a situation where we've had other superstars come into this and sort of blow up the chemistry uh, within the team. So uh, I see Ben Simmons. He's been a sixer this whole time. When he's been asked about whether or not he how he feels about the trade rumors, he's he's been on message and sort of said, when I put on a Sixers jersey, I am trying to help the Sixers win a championship. And that's the exact message I want from my guy who is my, uh, my 1A superstar on my team. What I don't want to see is a guy who's overweight, who's throwing basketballs across the court at rookies. Um, so as far as I'm concerned right now, uh, James Harden, I, I can't wait to see you as a Brooklyn Net because I am not going to trade. I would not trade Ben Simmons for what you've uh, sort of devolved into. Um, so keep the beard and, um, you know, go and hang out with your friends in Brooklyn. All right. James Harden, other people seeking to force a trade. You can't force someone's hand when your fingers are so chubby because you're out of shape. James Harden, <laughs> you're getting a four-minute double minor for being a distraction and not helping your trade cause. All right, Dave, who is in your penalty box this evening? All right, I'm trying to decide. Now, look, we, we, we have talked on this show before that we respect Dr. Fauci. Anything COVID news related, we trust Dr. Fauci. So, Explain to me this, how on November 20th, Dr. Fauci comes out and says that Santa Claus has innate immunity to COVID-19. Yet two days ago, Dr. Fauci himself flew to the North Pole to administer Santa Claus the COVID-19 vaccine. One of two things is happening Either Dr. Fauci is lying to us about Santa Claus's innate immunity. Or, and or, Santa Claus has selfishly jumped ahead of those frontline workers, those senior citizens who are the most vulnerable to the COVID-19 virus, and selfishly himself gotten the vaccine. So I don't know who's in the penalty box. I don't know if there's one person. I don't know if two people are going in. Uh, but I need to figure this out because somebody's lying to me. Ooh. So, Dave, you're putting 
you know, you're putting the whole situation into the penalty box, whatever the hell is going on between well, Santa and Dr. Had, like, I would like us, you know, as the referees to confer on this. Oh. Like, I'm seeing a penalty. I'm calling a penalty. Somebody's getting getting minutes. We need to figure out who's going in the box. Who who hit first here? Who's the Barnaby of this situation? <laughs> <laughs> my my instinct is Fauci because. I think he told the truth the first time about Santa Claus's innate immunity that, I mean, the man's immortal. He's a immortal saint gift giving elf from the North pole. I, I don't think he's going to need, I mean, does he get a flu shot every year? I mean, well, when's the last time Christmas was canceled because Santa was sick. Well, I can't remember I, I, time. Probably 1918. <laughs> Well, there we go. I think Gene solved it. If we can find out that Santa get, you know, were presents delivered in 1918, then Santa had innate immunity. Gene, you know you're absolutely correct. On December 6, 1918, the St. Paul Daily News announced that, quote, Santa Claus is down with the flu and that Santa Claus was unable to attend many of his big department store visits. Oh, see? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is some precedent here that we know that he is maybe this hyper immunity right, so is not I'm as good as they they Fauci's said. in the box. He lied about Santa's innate immunity. I see Ooh. the the other problem is I think Fauci with all the celebrity, he's got these new celebrity friends. He was pounding around with George Lucas <laughs> and they started talking about midichlorians. and you know, I think he just made a leap in logic that 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 you know, you know, we we well, all we hey, all listen, know how those things what, turn out. When when Fauci was up at the North Pole giving Santa the uh, the vaccine, did Santa teach him how to throw a snowball? <laughs> oh, sick burn! Right, yeah, sick burn. <laughs> if you want to learn how to slow throw a snowball, you've got to go to South Street. I think Santa knows all about that. <laughs> all right, I'm done. Fauci's in the penalty box. What's all right, Doctor Fauci's only getting a two minute minor because I think we sussed it out that what he did was a little white lie. He said that Santa had innate immunity. He did not expect that you know people like Potadelphia would give you the truth and do the research to say that Santa is susceptible to global pandemics. So he was saying, just like you know, just like saying, "Oh yeah, no, 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 it's gonna be fine. Don't worry, you know, to your kids, you know, the the birthday party is not gonna be canceled, whatever, you know, when you know that there's a shot that will be." So. I'm going to say Dr. Fauci, two-minute penalty box for sitting, saying a little white lie about the big red guy. Two-minute penalty for Dr. Fauci. Chuck, who's in your penalty box? Oh, I have so many candidates um, today, but I think I'm going to pivot and do a star. Hmm. Um, you know, it is the holiday season, and I am feeling generous. And something I just found out about today actually really made me happy. Are you guys familiar with the song uh, Fairy Tale of New York? No. No. Okay. Well, you are not Irish. About New York, I hate it. <laughs> it's not about New York. It's about okay. drunks in a drunk tank on Christmas Eve. If, if you've been in an Irish pub, um, it is a, a classic. Uh, it's by the Pogues. And uh, you may have heard it. Just it begins like it was Christmas Eve, babe, in the drunk tank. Look it up. Look it up with a caveat. We'll get there. Um, 
and it's a staple. It meant a lot to me over time. But uh, I think it's the number one Christmas song in the UK um, of all time. But there's an unfortunate lyric in there that really has hampered my enjoyment of the song as it went on year after year after year. And um, there's one point the couple in the drunk tank are insulting each other. Um, the husband says to the wife, you're an old slut on junk. That's not the insult that bothered me. Uh, but she says to him, you scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy, homophobic yeah. slur that begins with an F. And this would be played over the radio, this you'd hear on mixes. As time went on, it became just, it's just not acceptable. It's like, it'd be like hearing the N-word in a Christmas song. Um, you can say what you will, but after enough time, it's going to ruin the song for you. And there have been attempts to censor it or change it or whatever. But this year, December 2020, a new version of the song was released by the original artists. And just with a little bit of editing, they took a line from a, a Christine McCall performance. Uh, she does the female vocals in it, um, where she had changed the line to... Uh, you scumbag, you maggot, you cheap, lousy, oh, and, oh, I put their new verse there, but I lost it. Well, she put something else. <laughs> um, what the heck else rhymes with maggot? Well, no, it's... You, Bob Saget? <laughs> you cheap, lousy, you're cheap, and something, I don't know, but there's a new version. It has dropped the homophobic slur, Outside of that, it is perfectly reminiscent of the original song. It's by the Pogues. It is, it is phenomenal. I recommend you check it out. You enjoy it. It is on a TikTok Christmas compilation. I know. Just trust me. Fairy Tale of New York radio edit. So the number one star, the premiere etoile, um, is this new version of Fairy Tale of New York. Find it. Update your holiday playing. All right. That's all the time we have for today. We will be back next week recapping uh, Eagles Cowboys in the first week of the Sixers season. So if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Podadelphia. If you have any more time in your podcast listening day, be sure to check out the whip around for all the week's weird news. So um, until we speak again, have a great day at work, everybody. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We'll see you soon. We are out of here. Yes, we're making it.